this is Peter, and you're listening to the Night Party Podcast. I hope you enjoy it, because I don't. That's right. Welcome to another edition of the Night Party Podcast, where we leave it all on the cutting room floor. I'm, of course, your illustrious host, Zach Evergreen. And straight out of London, I have my uh, my guest today, H1N1 Zombies. Everyone say hi. Hey, what's up? What's going on, dude? It's been a minute. How you been? Been good. Uh, I'm ready for another knife party podcast. Uh, knife I'm carrying today is a cold steel towel war. Oh, good. That that's a very nice knife. <laughs> it's a good knife. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. We're not doing knife stuff. We're doing no, no. movie reviews. We're doing movie reviews. That's correct. Wrong podcast. You know, I should host one about knife collecting. My like, guy, I will be there in a second. Remember, like Tom O'Dale, like we have in front of us here the Tanto Blade. And it is only $9.99 on Splex Pay. That's oh, right. Do you remember that? The oh, Knife Collecting Channel? Oh, yeah. The worst parts of QVC. Yep, I remember. Dude, the worst parts? I would stay up till like 4 in the morning watching that shit, dude. Uh, anyway, I mean, that just shows what kind of childhood we had. Because it came right after Anime Night on KQED. You know, I had to get my Robotech in, my Sentinels, <laughs> and everything else. Yeah. After you're awakened, uh, awakened at 3 in the morning with Boku Tachiwa. Exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. Still, best anime and exit. Sponsors. Let's get to it. Um, first, if you live in Napa and you're just tired of the wine scene for a minute, you know, who knows? You know, people get sick of grape juice once in a while. Or say you live in Vallejo and you're sick of fentanyl. Go to Caps and Cork at 21 Rancho Square. Caps and Cork has a wide assortment of beer. And we're not talking Bud Light, Mr. Uh, we're talking about good stuff, like sours you've never... You brought over two sours I've never even had before. Oh, yeah. Tonight's uh, shenanigans are brought to you by Wild Barrel. Um, well, and- don't mention them because they don't support us, but Caps and Corks does. Oh. And they well- also have tons of IPAs, uh, milk stouts, and everything else. They have a whole wall of fridges dedicated to micros and i really appreciate that and that's why i recommend caps and cork member they have a deal for buy nine get one for one penny and remember tell them the night party sent you the night party is also brought to you by the one and only pod is killing me if you like music from the 90s or you're just a huge type of negative mark like i am go check them out they are funny and they're like, honestly, even if you don't like type of negative, you will like them. And the reason why is because they are, if you're born at the end of Gen X or you're early Gen Y or millennial or whatever they call them, if you grew up with 90s, early 2000s music, you will definitely like these guys, especially if you have a hard on for Mortal Kombat. For whatever reason, they bring up Mortal Kombat quite the bit. Anyway, I promised it for a long time and we're doing Dune. And funny enough, you've never seen this version of Dune. I have not. No, I've only seen the new version. I started off with the the new Dune, which was 
fucking fantastic. Incredible. It's everything everyone promised Avatar would be to me when Avatar felt like Fern Gully. It's like, oh my God, this is fantastic. I love everything about this. So I want more. But the, I never went back and got the source material. The sad thing about Dune is that it's one of those movies that failed so many times. And then uh, here's what I mean. Dune has been remade a few times. Uh, actually, the original version of Dune was 12 hours long. Um, it had the original artist from Alien that did it, not H.R. Geiger. but I thought Geiger when you said that. <laughs> yeah, I know you did. And there's a lot of Geiger influence in here because guess what? Once they got rid of that guy, so this guy was like totally crazy that it, everything kind of looked like Legos, like everything was very blocky and very colorful and it looked in all the spacesuits and everything else. And it, I guess, fit the role and narrative of, say, uh, uh, Frank Herbert's original version. But that being said, it like 12 hours long. I mean, you give that to a studio and they're like, what the fuck are we going to do with this, dude? And then so they're going maybe miniseries, but miniseries at the time wasn't that big. And because of Star Wars, there was a uh, an alien and all the other stuff. Space movies were the shit yes. in the late 70s and, and 80s. And everyone, every studio wanted their space movie, right? Every studio wanted their everyone space movie. Everyone wanted one. And um, this uh, uh, project, not even script, project, the rights to this movie were worth a lot of money. And they were passed along. And a lot of people, they, they would see the concept art and they'd see the script. And they're like, there's no fucking way we're going to be able to do this. This is going to cost more money than it's going to generate, especially at a movie theater. Like, think about it. If Even if you were to cut it down, like a 12-hour version, to like six hours, meaning you threw out half the shit. You're only going to be able to play that movie twice in a theater. Yeah. Right? And it's going to come on multiple reels, going to cost a lot of money. You're not going to get a lot of payback. And this is before direct to DVD was a thing. Exactly. Things oh, that way saved, before. Yeah. Things that saved, like, you know, Lord of the Rings extended cut, you know, things that saved, like, the Snyder yeah. cut of Justice League. There you go. Yeah. It's like nobody's going to buy 12 different VHSs of Dune. Yeah. So, um, but they, this movie in 84. When it got picked up, uh, I think it was the producer's daughter. Um, I, I'm uh, Dima Dimalenkis. Uh, I, I know I always pronounce that name wrong, uh, but they said David Lynch, and it was after the Elephant Man. How kind of gritty and and whatever it was, they're like, oh man, that's the guy who could do this movie. And David Lynch was very excited at the time. And um, he later took his name off it, except for one cut. So there's actually four cuts of the 1984 version. There's a Disney, believe it or not, there's a Disney version. <laughs> there, I know. There's a theatrical version. There's the Lynch version, and that's the one I'm going to talk about today. But there's also the full perversion. Now, I don't like the full version. I've seen them all. The full version um, is not as gory, and it's got more uh, subtext. And a lot of the scenes are great if you've read the book, but they kind of lead you to nowhere because this movie was supposed to have two sequels. I, I would almost prefer the one with more subtext because after watching the new Dune, I had to go into the wiki and dive into the lore and be like, what is any of exactly. this? Exactly. But here's the thing. And the David Lynch cut, it wraps it all up in a nice little bow. It really does. It cuts off stuff that doesn't have to do with... <clears throat> it cuts off a lot of stuff that doesn't... Who the fuck's phone is that? Not mine. 
It's my fucking dad's phone. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm fucking pissed. I'm going to continue on with the episode because I'm a professional broadcaster to the point where I'm going to put mine on goddamn airplane mode. I'm just going to do this right now. Mine on airplane yeah, it's mode. Fuck, it, what the hell is going on, man? Yeah, I don't get this. Who leaves their cell phone in a recording studio? Honestly. And if you think I'm lying, this is not just a basement. This is a real fucking recording studio. It's a real ass studio. It's someone just left their phone in here? What the hell? Oh, if he comes in here to grab his phone, let's like castrate him. Um, where the hell was I? Yes. So David Lynch um, cut it down and in, in where you don't need to know necessarily the lore. He cut it down so it was a standoff. Now, there was supposed to be two others. We were supposed to get Dune Messiah and Children of the Dune. Right. Or sorry, uh, Children of Dune and then Dune Messiah. Those are the next two books, right? Yes. But they... Because the studio lost so much money on this, it was going to be a one-off. So that's why I really don't like the long play version of this. Plus, they cut out a lot of the cool, gory, and creepy scenes that David Lynch wanted in there. That he opposably put in there that weren't in the book. Now, I've never read Dune. I read Children of Dune. That book is gra It's It's kind of like the Bible. It really is. <laughs> no, it's really... It, 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 it's very biblical because... Your hero in this movie, Paul Muad'Dib, in uh, Children of Dune, they, he's blind and left to the desert to live off his land. He loses all his powers. It's very sad. Spoiler alert, but I doubt anyone listening to this is going to read the whole 600 pages of that book. No. It's been out for long enough. Um, the song is based off of, or song. This uh, movie's based off of uh, the drug war. Um, I'm not sure if it was Vietnam but I think it was, but it's, it's based off of control of certain areas that are impoverished areas, but have good resources and the spy and also the war on drugs in general, the spice is basically kind of like acid or mushrooms in the hippie days, you know, like expanding your mind and all that good stuff. Obviously in this, it has a lot more to do with a lot and more. Um, I've always promised we were going to do this episode, but I knew it was going to be a long one. And that's kind of why I am not going to do a full behind the scenes of it. But just know that this movie went through a lot of adaptations before it actually made the screen in 84. Another thing, just like Alien, the same guy who designed everything for the 12-hour version, they actually replaced him with Geiger for a second. So if you like all the still suits and, and all the uh, artistic... Uh, the, oh, the artist, yeah, I can imagine a still suit designed by H.R. Geiger. It's exactly what you think. <laughs> it is exactly what you think. Please, no. So you've never seen this movie, so I'm going to walk you through it. We're going to play some role-playing. I'm going to be DM, okay? And uh, But we're going to start, of course, we, we have to start with the trailer, correct? I didn't ask how big the room was. I said cast fireball. <laughs> Magic missile. Magic missile. All right, here we go. Uh, here is the trailer for this movie, and it actually kind of sets up the movie for you. Here you go. And this is the trailer for the David Lynch version. Yeah. A beginning is a very delicate time. Know then that it is the year 10,191. This, by the way, was filmed in Travis in this Air time, Force Base. The most precious substance in the universe yep. is the spice melange. The spice See, look, total Geiger, right? Exists oh, yeah. on only one planet in the Like how round universe. and biomechanical everything the looks. Is the effects on this hold up, by the also way. Known as Dune. In this music, you are about to enter a world where the unexpected 
This has that really classic in The unknown an incredible secret has been kept on this planet. And the unbelievable meat. Oh, the graphics. I know, right? It is cool, though. Like, I really do like the effects in this movie. There's the still suits. And skies are filled with fire. The prophecy which will cleanse the universe. Oh, that's how they did the blue eyes. Yep. Out of darkness. They just did post. Where a young warrior. God, the sets in this man. I'm telling you, the sets, the costumes, so good. I actually saw one of those. Controls the universe. I actually saw the ships at Planet Hollywood in Vegas. That's cool. A world where the mighty. This is genocide. The deliberate and systematic destruction of all life on Arrakis. The man. Sting. Told you. Oh, God. I love you forever. And the magical. Father, the sleeper has awakened. We'll have their final battle. Long live the fighters. This is a little before Desert Rose Sting, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I actually like that song, I'm not going to lie. Do not show the slightest pity or mercy. God, dude, Ever this movie gets me pumped. Yeah, those still suits. Yeah, a spectacular journey through the wonders of space and the mysteries of time. From the boundaries. That's the, the only world. effect that doesn't hold up is the shields. Yeah, the shields are the way cooler than this. Little, little Tron looking. That's Not exactly. That was exactly my word. About oh, he still floats in the old version. That's creepy. The fat floaty guy. Yep, those guys right there. They were all Travis. Beyond your imagination. Well, before my yeah. time at Travis Air Force Base. <laughs> Fucking Toto, dude. How could he beat Toto? Oh, you know what? Speaking of which, let's fuck this pig. Some Toto in the background. There we go. I'm so getting flagged. So, we start off. What she just said, the beginning is a delicate time. Know that it is the year 10,191. And they talk about kind of it's like the situation we're in where mankind, it's like Greece or Rome, where we're just sitting there eating grapes and togas and robots just do everything for us, you know? And then finally, one group of individuals just hack all the robots and enslave all of us. Now, we've already had interplanetary travel here. So it's not just on planet Earth. It's anywhere human beings are. They're all being enslaved. And because we're so soft, you know, like we've just been for generations. Just, Squishy. Yeah. Just sitting on the couch, having a good time, you know, getting whatever we want, whenever we want. And uh, um, we're enslaved. Now, there's a great religious re revolt. And comes to it's it's almost like in the version of christianity but but it's different um i got a lot of really islamic vibes from you know the music that they had in the remake to the way that they referred to things and it was like it feels you know a bit more arab you know a little more yeah Islam. Yeah. yeah especially because i mean it is a desert planet as well and this one yeah. it's more like 
Oh, it's almost Scientology and Wiccan put together. Oh, gross. <laughs> and like Catholicism, because you have the Bene Gesserit sisterhood who become in power. So these females, they shave their heads and they're able to, they have powers. They're psychic. They have telekinesis. They, they can get in your mind and make you just feel pain. It's, they have some high level wizard spells, dude. I mean, they're rolling 20s. So finally, humans like totally revolt. And now we're in the year 10,191 and there's a bunch of great houses. So here is where Game of Thrones totally rips this off. You have House Artreides, House Harkonnen. They're the main two houses feuding. But you also have the Landsrad, right? There's a bunch of other houses out there. They're just not as important. You also have the guild. Now the guild's whole goal is to make sure that commerce goes through. Now, instead of petroleum product, uh, uh, products based on the U.S. dollar like we have here on Earth. It's the hyperlane and spice. It's exactly the spice melange. Mm-hmm. And the spice melange is so powerful. It, it, it helps folding space. It helps to do with human consciousness. And uh, navigating. And nav- navigating yes, work. exactly. Um, it has, and also it has to do with the uh, mentats, the human computers, because we can't trust computers anymore. So there's no more AI. It's all gone, right? The mentats are the ones who control it. They're human beings and their brains are so developed, they are like computers. Now also too, we have the doctors. Now the doctors are, they're also masters of assassins too. The doctors are got what they call the imperial conditioning, which means they are not capable of unethical shit, right? They have to tell the truth at all times. They cannot lie. They could obfuscate the truth, but they can't lie. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so there's that. Now, we have the guild navigators. Okay, we have those two. Then we have the emperor, right? Shaddam IV. Now, the emperor is kind of like a, one would think as a figurehead, because he still takes orders from the guild navigators, but everyone would think that they take orders from him, but that's actually not the case. That being said, he has the strongest... Um, infantry on, on on every planet, right? And that's the Sadaqah terror troops. Now, we've gotten rid of nuclear weapons at this time because we're smarter than we are back back now, right? If you were to nuke a planet... Back now, yeah. You, I think that was correct, back now. I know, it just sounded weird. Yeah. I know it did. <laughs> but if you were to nuke a planet, you would have no more resources. Right. So why are you making war out of spite? This is all about a fine... I wouldn't even say a resource war, proxy resource wars, mm-hmm. not Vladimir Putin and our, our mummy for a president fighting over bullshit, right? Um, this is actually out of like real resource wars, but they're all done cloak and dagger. Nothing's done in your face. No. So we start the movie and uh, we have the guild navigators actually visiting Emperor, right? It's a secret port within the guild, right? He meets with the guild navigator who is this giant like floaty thing, like pickled, right? And and he talks in your mind, you know, and he's got this really creepy voice. Now, right before he comes, uh, the Emperor puts the Bene Gesserit witch and he goes, I want you out there. I want you to use telepathy. I want you to record everything in your brain, right? And now, uh, like when the guild comes in, they go, the Bene Gesserit witch must leave. So she leaves the room and he goes, leave us. So then, uh, um, then uh, we see the guild navigators, uh, but the main guild guy, they never really give him a name, but he's like, 
I see House Atreides, House Harkonnen feuding. I see you behind it. Tell us why. And then, uh, you know, the Emperor's like, well, basically, we're going to give House Atreides, Dune, Arrakis, but secretly, we're going to give the Harkonnens our Sadaqa terror troops, and they're going to take it over, thus eliminating House Atreides. Because they want him off. Because they're the only ones challenging uh, the Emperor for the throne. Now, remember, the Emperor, even in the new one, has a daughter who's said to be married to House Atreides. House Atreides originally was supposed to have... Betrothed, right? Yes. Yeah. It was supposed to be a political marriage. But originally, the Bene Gesserits wanted uh, the Atreides uh, to have a daughter to be married to the Harkonnens in order to have a, 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 a son, right? Mm-hmm. But because of Lady Jessica's love for the Duke, she bis- uh, disobeyed and gave birth to Paul Atreides. So now we cut back to... Um, House Atreides, right? And it's an ocean planet. It's like filled with water. It's beautiful, you know. And we meet Duke Leto Atreides. And, uh, you know, he's sitting there and he's thinking. And because, and you know, he's they're going to go to Dune. He's like, oh, I'll miss the sea and everything else like that. But then the, one of the greatest scenes is we see Paul. And he's sitting there and he's like looking at um, what, what would be to them. It looks like an iPad. And he's learning about, you know, uh, Iraqis. He's learning about the worms, the the Harkonnens presence on there and everything else. And then all of a sudden, Gurney, Yuthi, and Fatha come through the door. And he go, and they go, uh, you're standing to the back of the door. And he goes, I know. I heard you, Dr. Yui, and Gurney coming down the hall. And he goes, those sounds could have been imitated. And he goes, but I'd know the difference. And then the coolest thing about this movie is everything is in their brain. So then you hear him go, yes, perhaps he would have that. Like there's so much monologue done in whisper that makes this movie so self-explanatory that you're like, what? You're not lost. So they don't do the secret hand signs. It's all telepathy then. It's not, it's not only that, it's just the way they tell the story. Mm. You know, they tell the story that way. So then, uh, uh, by the way, Patrick Stewart plays uh, uh, Gurney. Gurney, uh, uh, Gurney goes over and, and he's like, shield practice. And he goes, I'm not in the mood. And he goes, mood is for cattle in love play, <laughs> not fighting. And then so they get in a dagger fight. And uh, uh, then uh, they kind of come to a stalemate where one has a knife to the neck and the other one has a knife to the liver. And he goes, I got you. Do you want me to draw first blood? And he goes, but look down. We would have joined each other in death. So... Uh, they go, everything's so serious lately. And he goes, well, Arrakis is real. We're training you because shit's going to get fuck funky and fucking real quick, right? So then they have uh, this, uh, they try out this new weapon called the weirding module. It wears around your neck and it attaches to like, kind of like a ray gun, but you would go like, you know, and it has a power that could throw you back break your bones, set you on fire, depending on what tune that you actually use with your throat. It has a different outcome. Fus Roda! Oh, I'm going to get into that. (laughs) Because I just replayed Skyrim. Skyrim rips this movie off so bad. I love Skyrim. Who doesn't? Okay. So then, after that, uh, everyone's moving around and they're packing up, right? And then, um, but before, uh, 
they're all done, you know, um, he's taking a rest, Paul is, and he's having these weird dreams. He's like having these premonitions, if you will. And he keeps dreaming of this girl with like blue eyes going, tell me of your home, Usul. And he's dreaming of water and everything else like that. And, and he can't explain it. But all of a sudden, his mother and the Benny Jesuit witch are talking in there. And then they're like, he's awake. He's listening to us. Ready yourself, young Paul Atreides. I expect you in my quarters in one quarter and an hour. Right? And she goes, the mom, uh, Jessica, goes to Paul and goes, you better do exactly what she tells you. Now, here's what stuff gets kind of weird. This is the one scene that really stuck out to me in the new version with the dart and the pain box. You mean the Gonjaba? Yes. So that happens here as well. Ooh. But it's a little darker. So she goes, come sit. Actually, you know what? I think if I press this button. This is the Reverend Mother Guy's Helen Mohim. She is going to observe you. Please, Jessica. You know it must be done. Your reverence. What does she fear? What about my father? Paul. Listen to the Reverend Mother and do what she tells you. your right hand in the box. What's in the box? Pain. Stop. Put your hand in the box. I hold at your neck, the Gomjaba. This one kills only animals. Now you're suggesting a duke's son is an animal? Let us say, I suggest you may be human. Your awareness may be powerful enough to control your instincts. Your instinct will be to remove your hand from the box. If you do so, you die. You feel an itching. There. Now, the itching becomes Burning, heat upon heat upon heat. Timber. Silence! Silence! I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is a little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I am permitted to pass over me and through me. I must not fear flesh. Mind killer, crisp. Fear is the death that brings total obliteration. I will 
face my flesh. Coming off you. Fear is the little death. You must not fear. Fear is the little death. I'm child ever withstood that much. Take your hand out of the box and look at it, young human. Do it. Pain by nerve induction. A human can resist any pain. Our test is crisis and observation. I see the truth of it. Could he be the one? Maybe. But will he be ours to control? Tell me of your home world, Uso. Do you know of the water of life? The bile from the newborn worms of Arrakis? I have heard of it. It is very dangerous. The Bene Gesserit Sisterhood use it to see within. There is a place terrifying to us, to women. It is said a man will come, the Kwisatz Haderach. He will go where we cannot. Many men have tried. They tried and failed? They tried and died. Jessica. your teachings in him. Ignore the regular order of training. His safety requires the voice. I've heard enough of my safety. What about my father? I heard you talking. You speak as if he were dead. Well, he's not. Paul. Well, he's not. And he won't die. Tell me he won't die. What can be done has been done. Mother, tell me. And you're listening to the Night Party Podcast. Up. It is by Willamone. I set my mind in motion. It is by the juice of Safu. Slips a pyre, squeeze, squeeze a pile of moat. Something like that. Hold on, let me try it again. <clears throat> we already fucked up once. Might as well fuck up again. Round two. Is by will alone, I set my mind in motion. It is by the juice of Safu that lips acquire stains, stains acquire speed, speed acquires motion. Is lip will of- I can't fucking god damn it. Anyway, there's a great part of uh, we see our mentat, right? Our first one, and um, he's actually uh, uh, we see our first human computer, right? By the way, sorry about that glitch right there. That's just me being an asshole. Uh, so I. Uh, we see our first Mentat, and he's going to the Harkonnens, which they are on Gidi Prime right now. There's a plan set in motion. My plan! And uh, the Baron Vladimir Harkonnen is setting up a plan to let the Atreides have 
all spice production, right? But they're going to sabotage here by here by here. And they have an insider inside the house Atreides, right? Yep. Now, um, did they touch on this on the remake? I forgot. I've only seen it once. Uh, on the remake, it was just that, you know, you found out it was the doctor. But I yeah, don't, I yeah. don't know if. Dr. Yui. Yeah. I don't remember if that was kind of premeditated. It is. It is. It kind of sh- if they telegraph it beforehand. They or do. Doctor, well, they don't telegraph it yet um, in this movie, but I'm just making sure that that we're canon here. Yeah. So Dr. Yui is, in fact, um, the the betrayer, but we don't know that yet. So we just see the Atreides. They, they uh, arrive on Dune, right? And then um, they meet with a, mm, a representative of the emperor who's working with the Fremen. Yes. And, uh, you know, he's checking everything. By the way, here goes a fun fact. Um, you remember, speaking of Skyrim, we'll get into that in a second. Uh, remember the main master of the blades? Yes. That's the same actor that's in this. Not Delphine, then. No, no, no. The, oh, the older guy. The older guy. Okay. It's the same voice actor, believe it or not. Are that's kind of cool. Dude, Skyrim had a hard-on for this movie. We'll get into it in a, in a second. So, um, God damn it. I'm kind of pissed off that I fucked up, but it doesn't... Right? No one's going to care. Is anyone going to care? No. Okay, I don't think so either. We'll fix it in post. Well, uh, no, we won't. <laughs> we'll just fine. edit it together and just say, fuck it. I accidentally pressed the wrong button twice. It's no big deal. Um, so, uh, now he, he goes over to Paul and he goes, your suit is in desert fashion. Who taught you how to do it? And he goes... I don't know. It just seemed the proper way. And he goes, you shall know your ways as if born to them. Right. Yeah. They, in the new one, they made it sound like he's some fucking prophet because he bloused his fucking boots. It's like common sense would dictate, bud. Well, the still suits in here are a little bit more complicated. Remember, they're designed by Geiger. So there's like a lot of belts and whistles and tubes that go everywhere. Uh, everywhere. So now they're going on their... Um, they're they're gonna watch a spice harvest. You know the emperor, his son, uh, so Duke Leto and um, Paul, and uh, uh, this guy. Uh, fuck, what is his name? I have it written down here. It doesn't even matter. Um, spice miners. So uh, then the spice miners are like, we got a Harkonnen transmission. There's a sabotage. The harvester isn't coming. Or sorry, they're in the harvester. The uh, carryall isn't coming. So um, then Duke Leto vetoes everything and he goes, let's go down. We're going to pick up everybody. They're like, what about all the spice? And he goes, damn the spice. You know, so showing you he's a good guy, showing he's a good guy. And then everyone comes in. Right. And then uh, as they're kind of ushering him in, um, in this Paul touching them, gets a smell of it. And he's like, spice, pure, unrefined spice. Um, it does remind me a little bit, too, of Witcher. Of how there's a lot of internal dialogue, you know. Again, that's one of the reasons why this, uh, you know, movie kicks ass. We're gonna cut back after they save the the uh, harvesters. We cut back to Doctor Yui, and Doctor Yui is looking over a Harkonnen's dead body, and he sees a message, like like a scroll inside. And he goes, someone walks in and he moves it. So now we know that he's getting message from the Harkonnens, right? And uh, he goes, my message is here. Then Faith Howard walks in. And he's like, um, Dr. Yui, the bodies are, are you all right? And he goes, it's nothing, Thufer. I am fine. And you're like, uh-oh, you know. Anyway, um, 
so let's see. Moving on. Okay, so now we see we see Paul is alone. And Hold he's, on, back up. Okay. I got to know. Because one of the coolest things was the dragonfly uh, ships, the orthocopters or whatever they are. Yes. How do they look in the 1984 version? Um, I haven't seen them. They look like flying triangles with insect wings. Okay, so they kept the same vibe with the insect wings. Yeah, and then they have like when the, the but they're very triangular. Like everything is very triangular uh, in this, including all the ships and everything else. They kind of look like floating pyramids. They okay. do. They don't necessarily look like palaces. They they really look like all. It's very Egyptian, like e- Egyptian Geiger. Like is the only way okay. I could put it. Like the style, like you got to see this movie. Is, I'm gonna let it, you borrow it after today. Is it stylized triangles or is it you know the 1984 computer struggling to process all seven polygons? No, no, these are all um, practical effects. Oh, okay. So these it's are just all a miniatures. Choice. Yeah, these are all miniatures. Okay. So it looks looks good then. It looks very good. Okay. Yeah, and then all the wings are kind of look like Captain Falcon, um, where like they go. You know where the wings come out like 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 blades, and then they kind of fill in. Yeah, it looks okay. really cool. So uh, Paul takes the spice, and and he immediately gets like this sixth sense that something's up. And there's a hunter seeker, which is a floating syringe that makes it's noiseless, and it's in his room. And he goes, "There's a hunter seeker. If I sit still, it won't notice me." Right. So he's sitting very still, and this like syringe comes like right up to his eye. And is kind of looking for him in the room. And he's just keeping super still. And then all of a sudden, like, the door opens because the maid walks in. Right? And he goes, like, he runs and he grabs it and 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 slams it into the wall. And she goes, but she uses the voice. She goes, I am the Shadow Mates, the housekeeper. It would have killed me. And he goes, no, I was its target. And he goes, a Fremen pay our debts. And she goes, and then he says, a Fremen. Like, in his mind. And... and she says, we don't know who it is, but you have a traitor amongst your midst. Right then, the shields go down, right? And uh, then we see Duke Leto, and he's at his table full of his military advisors. Duke Poe Dameron. And uh, he says, someone's trying to kill my son. Someone's trying to bring down the shields. The Harkonnens are at fault. What the fuck's going on, right? So then, after this, this is where, like, shit kind of goes like the this movie has like four acts you could tell the act is going down right it, it it doesn't go down like right when they move in there's problems like right away right so then um paul is then drugged in his room same night you know and we see duke leto and he goes oh my beloved jessica like i you know i should have married you you know fuck all the political stuff and then she's drugged as well. Cut to Leto wakes up and he's sitting there and we see Dr. Yui and, and he's like, what's going on? He's all tied up and he goes, I'm sorry, but you were dead already. And I have to do this. Not for you, not for me, but for my wife. Because the Harkonnens killed her, right? And uh, he goes, but you need to do it for Paul and Jessica. And he's like, what do you mean? And he goes, we're all fucked. Like this, this plan has been in order for a long time. And, uh, he goes, what I'm going to do is I'm going to hand you over to the Harkonnens. They're going to gloat over you. The Baron Harkonnen is going to torture you. 
So I'm going to give you this tooth. So he removes one of his tooth and he puts in and he goes, it's a poison gas tooth. You bite down hard and you exhale and it will kill you mercifully. You won't feel any pain, but it'll also kill him. And in return, I'm going to save the lives of Paul and Jessica. And he takes his signet ring. Now, this ring is very important because this is like a vowed thing that the Baron Harkonnen wanted in the first place. You know, this is like just to gloat, you know, like I have this ring. Fuck you. You know, kind of thing. Yeah, that's the good. That's the big trophy. Yeah, it's 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 the big trophy. Right. So um, afterward, we get uh, uh, we get. A battle scene where you see um, one of the Duke's nephews. He has two. He has Sting, right? That's uh, Fade Ralpha. And then we have Raban. Now, Raban, the beast Raban, is the one who's in charge. I want you to squeeze. I want you to squeeze. And when we've squeezed them enough, Rackus will be ours. He goes, Rah! right? <laughs> uh, it's good times. It's good times for the Harkonnens, anyway. So he comes down, and we see. Do we get the great throat singing from the Harkonnens as well, or is that not a thing in this movie? It's not. Instead, shit. what they do is they sit down in these tattoo booths, and they put ink and uh, morphine into their skin to make these giant black and white pustules. And it's like a, it's like tattooing. It's like a symbol of honor, the more you have. Hmm. So they have these like bloated crater faces and also, too, to their enemies, they install what they call a heart plug. And it wasn't in the remake, but a heart plug is if you're, you could just go pulp and you just pull their plug and they die. They just bleed out. Oh, shit. It's pretty gruesome. In fact, the Baron does it just regularly to little boys. He really likes little boys. In fact, um, it's alluded that he's fucking Fade, who is his younger, um, played by Sting. Um, it's alluded. Anyway, they don't show it, but. Sting's very proud of him, and he's very proud of him going on. So uh, Raban takes over, and, um, you know, uh, Leto is sitting there, and and he's all fucked up. And uh, finally, uh, you know, he goes, bring in the traitor, you know, uh, says uh, Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. And then uh, the doctor, Yui, is brought in, and uh, he goes like, uh, uh, you know, you did good. Uh, Do you wish to meet your wife? And he goes... My wife lives, and he goes, join her. And then, of course, uh, you know, the mentat stabs him in the back, and and uh, uh, so he was fucked anyway. So then, the mentat and and uh, 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 Baron are are you know gloating over him, and the Baron's like, uh, he goes over to Jessica and Paul, and he goes, I want to spit in your face, just a little spittle, and he spits like right in her eye, and it's gross. Ooh. And he goes, what a luxury. And then uh, they hog tie up. Uh, oh, and then the creepiest part, the Mentat goes over to Jessica and he's got like a dagger to her and he goes, I have thought of many pleasures of you. I think it would be best for you to die in the innards of the worm. And he's like r- so rapey, just like raking the edge of the dagger like over her blouse. Yeah. And she's all sweaty with spit in her eye. And uh, so Paul and Jessica are loaded up into a transporter, right? You just made me feel uncomfortable describing a scene from a movie. That's that's impressive. Hey, I already got canceled once this week. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck you. Um, so uh, they get loaded in a transporter now. Duke Leto is just sitting there, right, and um, and or or laying there, and and uh, 
he starts just going, Paul and Jessica, Paul. And he goes, and then the Baron comes out and he goes, why is he crying? Why is he crying? Tell me, Fido, why is he crying? And then uh, finally the Mentat comes over and Leto is is so drugged that he sees the Baron's face and he bites. And he sprays it in the wrong guy's face. Oh, no. But at least the traitors are dead. And then the Baron goes, am I alive? And he goes, you're alive, my Baron. He goes, I'm alive. I'm alive. He doesn't do the float up into the ceiling No, he does. He floats up and goes, I'm alive. And floats around, right? So then we have Paul and Jessica. They're flying through the air, right? You know, and they're about to be dumped off in the, in the subpolar regions of of uh, uh, you know of, of Iraqis, Iraqis, and no one survives there, right? Even the Fremen, the Fremen are rumored to live there, and uh, they're about to get dumped out. And then, uh, but Paul wakes up and he tries the voice, and he's not that good at it. He goes like, um, "Untie my mother," and then they go, "Did you hear something out of the little one?" And they grab their gun and they butt him in the face. They go, the little one. And then uh, you hear Jessica going, he's trying the voice. Good. Try it again. And he goes, remove her gag. And then they're like, okay. So one of them removes the gag. And then she goes, there's no reason to fight over me. And the guy's like, yeah. And he pulls out a dagger and stabs the other guy, right? And then she goes, untie my son's bones. So then he's untied. Paul kicks the dude in the face, but it doesn't matter. By this time, they've already hit a crag because no one was flying it for a second. So the so the thing is going down, and then uh, he you know he gains control, but then she goes, "Lido's dead," and he goes, "I know." And yeah, just cool with it. <laughs> no, no, he's emotionless. So then he goes, "I'm gonna land this next to that rock. There should be." Th-. And then she looks in the back and. She says a hundred death or a thousand deaths aren't enough for Huey because not only Dr. Huey put the signet ring there, he also gave him still suits and a thumper. Was the thumper covered in the remake? I'm struggling to remember a thumper. It's a spear that you put in the ground and it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it attracts worms. Mm-hmm. So if you walk without rhythm, they'll go to the thumper. Yeah, they had the weird like crip walk that you could do. The the friend yeah, did. Yeah, so that's that's what happens here. But um, you know they attract one of the biggest worms, uh, later known as Shihalud, but uh, it's like a legendary worm, right? And uh, they make their way to the crags, right? And this worm is attacking, and then all of a sudden it stops because they're looking out. Paul and Jessica, they're like, "There's multiple thumpers," you know, and they're like, "Someone's following us." But then he puts on the ring and uh, uh, Paul, and he remembers what his father told him right before. He goes, you know, something, Paul, is something stirs inside us and seldom awakens. The sleeper must awaken. And so he puts it on and he goes, Father, I promise you the sleeper must awaken. You know, and then. Saw that in the trailer. Yeah. So the Fremen come and they're like, I will take the boy, man. And the sister, so the the tribe just just basically like, hey, there are slaves now. And then in one move, Jessica just like she does a choke hold, like a Tongan death grip, and just grabs the leader Stilgar, right? While Paul fights this dude and kills him, and then Chani stops him, and she goes, I, 
like I'm not going to permit you to hurt anymore. So they bring him down, and Silgar's still in this chokehold, and she goes, "You, you need to teach us this weirding way, you know." And then they're going like the prophecy, the prophecy, the prophecy, the prophecy, you know. So Paul kills this guy. So they take him and they put him in this machine that crushes him and makes him into just plain water and they show him these water caches now remember there's not been good one, soup there's not been one drop of rain on iraqis right it's all desert there's right so if a warrior kills another person they not only get all the water cache but they also get the body of the person they killed so then chani is kind of like looking at paul by the way uh the person that said, your suit is fit in desert faction. It's actually her dad, who, by the way, during this time, the Baron Vladimir Conan cuts open his still suit so it doesn't retain water. And he goes, send him to his desert to die. So we're going back and forth here a lot, but this movie is three hours and I'm trying to cut it, right? We're already at like, this is episode two, we're already at like 18 minutes. So um, you see kind of this thing where Paul is, he's got the plans for the, the uh, weirding modules and, and, and his, his uh, mother is a Bene Gesserit sister and they have to pass on because they're Bene Gesserit sister. Like every house has one that's smart enough, right? She's too old. So when a Bene Gesserit sister dies, the next one coming up drinks the water of life, which is the bile from the newborn worms of, of uh, the worm, you know? So it's basically spice concentrated in a liquid form. She survives it, but we didn't know this. She was pregnant with Alia, who is Leto's daughter. Now, Alia... You pass on the knowledge to the next Bene Gesserit, but this is the first time ever that a Bene Gesserit has been pregnant because they're supposed to be sisters and, and celibate. So instead of going through her, it skips her and goes through her daughter. So that means that Paul Muadib's sister is the most powerful person on the planet. Hmm. She's only three years old and she already has like, like fucking psychic powers to like no beyond men. But that doesn't mean that Paul hasn't been, right? So now we have a montage, even though this movie's really long, we see like all these proxy battles of Paul gaining the trust of the Fremen and then and to the point of leading the army, showing him this new technology, why Jessica's showing him all this stuff. Wait, are you telling me we get a 1980s montage? Yes, we do! Oh, 80s montage! Oh, yes! Yeah! And, uh, and meanwhile, we see uh, the captured people at the Harkonnens. In fact, one of them, Feta Haltha, has to, he's got a disease and a heart plug, and the disease is he has to pet this cat or else he'll die because there's a, a there's a blood poisoning, oh, like leukemia, and if he doesn't pet the cat, it'll like infect him, you know, and it'll kill him. So he has to do that, and, and he's like, my duke. So we come to a point in this where... I'm not even reading my notes. But you know what? Fuck these notes. Fuck them. Fuck these notes. <laughs> I've watched this movie way too many times. So uh, Paul starts doing all these guerrilla warfare tactics, and he meets up with um, Zendaya. No, uh, uh, <laughs> no, he meets up with uh, Gurney. Gurney Howard, played by uh, uh, Jean-Luc um, <laughs> Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart, and he goes, "Paul, they said you are dead." And he goes, "Don't trust your eyes with anybody but me, Gurney Halleck." And he goes. 
you young pup, you young pup. And then he joins the army, and now the army is like all the refugees that actually survived. They became raiders and smugglers, and now they're all under Paul, right? So wait, is that is that uh, in the new one? That's uh. No, you're thinking about, no, that's Duncan Idaho. That is Duncan Idaho. Duncan okay. Idaho only has three scenes in the movie. That's why I kind of left him out. Because even though Duncan is one of the coolest characters in the book, he's only got three scenes in this movie. He had a lot more in the long version, but because he was a um informant, he really isn't that important. You know? He was really cool in the remake, though. Mm-hmm. Not just because Jason Momoa, you know, but So let's go on. So after the montage, now the Duke, uh, sorry, uh, I, I apologize. Um, Baron Raban is missing and the emperor calls upon the Baron and, um, and, and, uh, 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 the emperor is like, this is genocide, you know, because the guild is like, we want Paul dead. We asked you to kill him to the beginning. And he goes, I thought you meant Leto. And he goes, no, his son. What the hell were you thinking? You were supposed to kill him before you sent him off. What were you? You fucked up. And he goes, this is genocide. We're going to kill everyone on uh, Iraqis. Everybody is going to die. Everybody. Harkonnen, everybody's dead. Like, we're fucking... And they send in the Sadokok terror troops. And these guys are like the SS Wampa Nazis. Like, these guys are... They have, they even, in this in this version, they have these gas in where they have spice pumped into them all the time. So they're, like, super strong and shit. <laughs> Just pain. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Hold on. Yes, indeed, Paul. The spice has betrayed you. You adopted it, and I was born in it. I was thinking more Schulmacher. <laughs> that's, that's right, Paul. Have you ever done butt stuff? <laughs> so then we have, um, then we, you know, we, Emperor's fucking pissed, right? So he comes down and he goes, I'm vetoing everything, right? And the Baron Vladimir Conan is now on a leash as well. He sees his, his uh, nephew's head on a fucking stick. And he goes like, why have you brought me here? And he goes, your grace. I never sent sent to you, and he goes, but you did. By your negligency, you brought me here because you failed. And he goes, and then uh, all of a sudden, Alia comes, um, who is uh, the sister of Paul, and and they're like, who is this abomination? And then you see the Benedictus like, kill her. She doesn't belong here. And he goes, I am not who you think I am. She's using the voice at like age four. Oh, jeez. And like she looks like she's seven or eight, right? You know, because she like accelerates. By so the this way, is beyond the point of the books, or sorry, beyond the point of the remake, then. Yes. Now okay. let's rewind a little bit. Now Paul is stuck with the situation. He cannot fight the Emperor alone until he conquers Shai Halud. He takes the water of life. And then we get this weird acid trippy thing that lasts for about seven minutes where he sees like what's going to happen in the future. You know, and he gets up and finally his eyes are blue and he can actually command the the worms in a way like he could summon them in a way. And he rides Shai Halud that the, not only does he drink the water of life and all it's cool when he drinks the water of life, you see all the worms like just surround like a football field. It's awesome or bigger than that because they're huge, right? Yeah, they're massive. 
And uh, then he goes, the sleeper has awakened. And then the next scene is so cool. It's when they bring up all the Fremen. All the Fremen are getting ready for battle, right? And no one knew how many they were. And I think if I press this button, I swear I won't fuck this up this time. Don't fuck it up. Your time has come. A storm is coming. Our storm. And when it arrives, it will shake the universe. Emperor! We come for you! We come for you! All right, and then that music though, right? God damn. And then, and then after this, uh, uh, dude, I'm telling you that this is like this is when shit really gets real in this movie. This movie is like such foreplay, and I know action scenes in the '80s were either good or bad. I'm telling you, this defies good. Now, if you're listening to this and you've seen the movie, you know exactly how pumped I am. If you haven't, you just need to watch this movie because it is so good, but here we go. This is so fucking awesome, dude. So now Paul has control of all the worms, right? And the Fremen are attacking the Sadaka terror troops and the Fremen are just riding these fucking worms. They're not even like doing a one-on-one -on -one anymore. And they have their weirding modules and they're just like, they're just gonna tear over these guys, right? They're fucking riding these goddamn giant dragons oh, God. just fucking shit up, dude. It's, and and it's look at giving, the effects. Uh, it, it's giving like uh, Nausicaa vibes. If you've seen Nausicaa, the Valley of the Wind. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, Patrick Stewart. And yeah, they're blowing up all the ships, and they're the coolest thing about this dude is like they're like dragon riders just fucking up like a whole army. And you gotta re you gotta remind yourself this is the most powerful army in the galaxy versus Fremen, who are just these like you know ranger type characters, these ragtag groups, and they have like the most advanced firepower. They're not even denting like. The, the Fremen. The Fremen are just fucking just annihilating him left, yeah. right, and sideways. And they have their best officers on it. They're not doing shit. And it's funny because... Even this doesn't look terrible, though. It doesn't. It I'm telling you. Looks, I mean, you know, the... the I, th mm, I think it looks... Okay. No, no. The, you got, dude, we watched it on that screen right there, and it was immaculate. Like, this movie looks great. Still it's, good. It, the effects kick ass in this. And look at the costumes and the music, too, though. Wait for my brother, 
So then we have Alia. Of course, we have the Baron. Now, we have to do these in clips, though, because I will get in trouble for this, but I oh, think at this yeah. point, it doesn't matter, because I, I already know this one's going to get flagged. That's why I'm not going to put it on the paid side. That's fine. Oh, that's another thing. Remember, his name is Poop. Uh, is not uh, is now Paul Usul Muadib. If you say his name through those things, it has like a different kind of effect on it. And he goes, "My name is a killing word." Now I will come from the Emperor and Vladimir Kong. So he has his own Fusro Da. That's fantastic. Exactly. And we're gonna get into that in a second. I'm gonna edit these all together, but it's gonna be part one, two, and three. Okay, the explosions the fucking are music. not... Some of the explosions are good. Some of the explosions are kind of... Oh, this was filmed in, um... In, uh, uh, where L.A. meets Nevada? Or Arizona? Middle. Where Breaking Bad and shit was filmed. Yeah. I mean, this does look like a standard day in Barstow, California. So, yeah, sure. <laughs> now it does. So, yeah, now the Baron is going, like... Is, is gonna come to her and she uses the Goja Bar, you know, the same thing because she's a Bene Jesuit now too. She has more power than any other Bene Jesuit because she has not only Jessica's knowledge, not only the Fremen's knowledge, but also the Harkonnen Bene Jesuit's knowledge or sorry, the Emperor's Bene Jesuit knowledge. So, yeah, they fuck shit up. Now, the fight sting with Sting though is, oh, it is so amazing. It comes after the scene, but dude. Can you set that to Desert Rose, please. Uh, <laughs> we could end with that if you would like. I am kidding. Look at that. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Oh, oh and he so got good. He got Boba Fetted. Yeah, he did. He fell into the giant mouth thing in the desert. And yep. this came out before that, though, by the way. This came out in 84. I think Jedi was, what, 87? 86? 87, right? Empire, I think, was 81. Oh, no, no, I meant, sorry, I meant Jedi. Yeah, this, but Jedi, I don't know why I'm blanking on that. I'm a bad Star Wars fan. No, you're not. You're not a bad Star Wars fan. So, uh, you've never seen this, so I have to, sh I'm not trying to fluff the episode with clips. It's just, he's never seen it. He's only seen the la the latest one, which is great. Which was fantastic. Fantastic! Yes. I give it a 90%. I just give this one... I think it's better. It's more original. The music is better. The cinematography is is great. It doesn't rely on any CGI except for the Tron stuff. You know what this reminds me of that actually we were talking about earlier? This reminds me of Resident Evil 4, the remake. Oh, Fucking fantastic. Yeah. But the original, the original still has even though a it flavor has some, to it. It has that camp to it the, that you miss. The funny thing is after I played 4, I almost went... I, I or right before I got four, I replayed the first one first, which so good. Good, yeah, it's a masterpiece. My no, number three game of all time. That's and, the only game I actually no second game I only hundred percented like done every single mission you could do, et cetera, et cetera. Right? Yeah. Uh, but um, anyway, but I, this gives me that same feel where it's like the original. It has some camp to it. It has its own you know fun nature, but. The original's a bit more gritty with better visuals. So now we have a remakes. now we have a standoff because we have the Emperor there, the Guild there. We have all the Harkonnens are dead, but one, and we have Paul Muadib, um, Usul there, and 
they're at like a negotiation period, so right? It's not Atreides anymore. No, no, the Atreides are dead. The Harkonnens are dead. So it's the guild and the emperor and the Fremen. And they're like, how do you want to play this? Now, in the books, it was supposed to be that Paul now is going to marry the empress and to kind of bring peace, right? But there is one Harkonnen that's still out there. Sting. Vade. Vladimir, or sorry, Vade Harkonnen, yeah. And uh, then uh, instead of, you know, a political debate or a firing squad, you know what they do? Death by Snoo Snoo. No, better. Better? Better. I'll tell you what they do. They break dance fight? Uh, not that cool. Okay. I thought you were going to say rap battle. Please tell me it's rap battle. It's a rap battle. You, you have clip of this, right? No, I don't. Okay. No, they have a nice party. Dare not look. You will find me there staring back at you. You mustn't speak. See, the Bene Gesserits look way cooler. They do. I remember your Gom Jabbar. Now you'll remember mine. I can kill with a word. Paul is way cooler looking too. word shall carry death eternal. To those who stand against the righteous. The righteous! Oh, God, Sting. Oh, this is so good. Give the Harkonnen a blade. And let him stand forth. I'm telling you, dude, they have a knife party. With my blade in his hand. I wish it. This is a Harkonnen animal. I can't believe you. This is... God, was he bald his whole life? Jean-Luc is bald yeah. in 84? God damn. I'm telling you, the reason why I never got into Star Wars is because I was into Dune. I had the coloring books. I had, like, I was so into this movie. I will admit, I like the knives better in this, too. The Kuisubakas? Yes. Okay, the knife fighting's not terrible. No, they actually know how to fight. Wow. They, they really do. Look. Why? Inevitable. Yeah, the I knives look you. more like. Well, uh, Paul's knife is made out of a uh, tooth of a. Um... Out of the worm. Yeah, and that's the emperor's knife. But their knife fight is actually very realistic yeah. for people to actually know how to use a knife. Well, going with you know the uh, different uh, Islamic vibes in here, it yeah. looks like it. Yeah, a Chris. Arab it's yeah, it's not a Chris. Uh, the Jambia. Oh, you yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's supposed to be, but they call him Chris. Is you know with the curve. Yeah. Well, they don't have that. I curve. love that. I will kill him. Chani is so hot, by the way. <laughs> and he holds a knife correctly by the by the waist. A pet, perhaps? Will she deserve my special attentions? Oh, this movie ends in a dope-ass brutality, too. He keeps kicking me in the dick! Why? Why does he keep kicking me in the dick? You see your death. My blade will finish you. Oh, dude, watch this belly-to-belly -belly suplex. Nice. Oh, dude. In the neck meat. And watch this. He doesn't even need it. Here he goes. 
Mordeeb. Overkill. Right? Fatality, dude, I'm telling you. Mordeeb no longer uses the reading module. So then after this, everyone goes, uh, yeah, I guess we'll back the fuck off. Now, this doesn't happen in the book, but it does in this. Because I think what happened is they weren't sure if they were able to make other movies like they weren't sure what it was going so they filmed in the ending and in the ending they put like this robe on them and they go the prophecy has been fulfilled you know um and then we hear a voiceover palm wadib has become the hand of god where there was suffering paul would bring peace and he goes you know uh, the fremen have a saying uh god created iraqis to train the faithful and who could stand by the hand of God and his eyes grow so blue that you see ocean waves him and it starts like raining. And then you just see everyone looking around and it rains on Iraqis and then just the end of the movie. Hmm. Now, the end of the movie is pretty fucking kick-ass because the end of the movie is Take My Hand, the music I was playing before. But instead of just seeing the credits roll, you actually see the actors and everything else that goes on in it. And it's fucking fantastic. And um, it was one of the first ever movies, if not the first ever movie to do that. Um, Almost everyone still had a uh, black screen with white text. Yeah, they didn't do that shit in this one, man. They like they went all out, dude. There, there's a reason why I love this movie so much. Um but like really, after after he stabs him and it starts raining, right? I stabs him. Stabs him. Yeah, a stab spasm. This happens. Just look at this. We have Francesca Annis as Lady Jessica. We have Leonardo Simato as the Baron's doctor. We have Brad Duroff as uh, Don Veras. We have uh, uh, Patricia Arthur Fourth by John Ferris. We have Linda Hunt as the Shadow Mapes. We also have Freddie Jones as Thea Howard. Fucking eyebrows, Jesus! I know. We have Richard Jordan as Duncan Idaho. Um, see, I'm giving the credits. We have Kyle McLean as Paul Atreides. We have Virginia Madison as Princess uh, Arulan. We have uh, Sylvaniana Marganio as Reverend Mother. We have uh, Everett Magar as Stilgar. We have Kenneth McClan as Baron Vladimir Conan. We have Jack Nance at Nefred. We have Sean Philip, Sean Phillips as the uh, Reverend Mother. We have, of I don't even know how to pronounce that fucking sure. name. Thank you. We have Paul Smith, which is the funniest name, as the Beast Raban. And, of course, we have Patrick Stewart as Gurney Halleck. And what else? We Sting as Feather Rather. Yep. So, we have, looking at the uniforms here, I'm getting real Gundam vibes. Not just Gundam, but uh, the, the Principality of Dude, Zeon. I'm telling you, Final Fantasy VIII ripped this movie off with its costumes. Sean Young. Oh, God damn it, Sean Young. Fuck. And that was Dune, um, at least me describing it to you. <laughs> yeah, you you selling me on the idea of watching Dune, which I want to watch now. Be and it, you're a bit nerdier than I am. Yeah. No, you're, you're whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, so hold on. I need to, you, you, I, no, I no, need no. To know. Hold on. No, no, no. Let's turn that down. Let's put that baby bottle to bed. When you say nerdy, you like more anime and shit than I do. I just like more science fiction than you do. Okay, and and D &D you're more stuff. nerdy up the up up the uh, line for what I'm about to ask here. So, 
a lot of the vibes I get with the no technology, with the, you know, previous wars, with humans on different planets, with the Emperor of Man, this gives me a lot of fucking Warhammer 40k vibes, bud. Well, you know what? Is this inspired by that, or is it the other way around? You know what? It should give you another kind of vibes, actually, because... um, Not Warhammer 40k. Probably one of the most ever decorated games ever like from what uh playstation 3 on um what would you say it was uh here's a little hint bethesda skyrim okay let's take a look at that game real quick okay what is my number two game of all time what is that game about can i ask you what is it about yeah describe skyrim in 90 seconds Boom. Okay, so you're playing as the Dragonborn, um, the prophesied uh, messiah who has the soul of a dragon. Okay, I'm sure this is going somewhere. Who is around for the awakening of the dragons in Skyrim, Dragon's Return, and it's his job to defeat um, the World Eater, who is the avatar of Alduin, the World Eater, Avatar of Akatosh, the Nordic god of time. Jesus Christ, I'm pulling all this out of my ass. Um, and uh, he, his job is to defeat him and uh, bring peace to Skyrim, but he's also doing a bunch of shady sh- At least I did a bunch of shady shit. Okay, hold on. What I'm hearing is you play as a chosen one yes. who learns a voice from a prophecy who controls not worms, but dragons... And faces one of the main dragons, which is a worm. But worms have no legs. Dragons have four it, it, legs. Yeah, Even though in Skyrim, these yeah, are these are technically yeah, wyverns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, They're no, yeah, yeah, they are wyverns. Um, so you have a voice of power. You are a chosen one. You fight the emperor if you want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you befriend the dragons if you want to. You join a secret society, the Blades, that's been disappeared for years. Hmm. Okay, I'm I'm starting to see some similarities here, and I love me some Skyrim. I love me some Skyrim too. But Skyrim, where they? Okay, you know what I? You know about parallel thinking, right? I've I've talked to you about parallel thinking. It's where you have a great idea and didn't realize a if you ripped it off, or b maybe you had an idea and just didn't realize you ripped it off. Right. Yeah. Like, meaning you had no intention of ripping it off, but you did. You know, Skyrim is Dune. It really is. I mean, think about it, especially if you go into any of the guilds or whatever, you know, it is, vi- and also what side you're on with the So empi- instead of House Artreides and House Harkonnen, you have the Empire versus um, yes. the Stormcloaks. Yes, and the Stormcloaks would be the Fremen. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Yep, I told you, dude. And the funny, and it, yes, it is. And also the voice, all the dragon-like speech you could learn, it's exactly fucking Dune. And that killing with one word? Yes. The uh, dragon rend. Yes. Is the, you know, the one unspoken thing you're not supposed to do because it puts the fear of mortality in the dragon. The only difference is the the Elder Scroll, when you read it and you actually, like, go in your trance and they say can kill you or make you blind, and then you come back and you learn it, well, in... Dune, it's the water of life. Yep. It'll oh, make, damn. Because he even, his tears, he t- cries tears of blood. And in the second book, he goes blind. 
I'm telling you, dude, Skyrim fucking ripped off Dune. I think that's why I like it so much. I still love Skyrim. There's no reason not to like Skyrim. I didn't say don't like Skyrim. Actively wearing an amulet of Talos right now. So, yes. So I love Skyrim. All I'm, all I'm letting you know is that if you like Skyrim and you've never seen Dune, no, no, no. you're doing I yourself. love Skyrim. I'm just, I okay. proposed to my wife with a cue card that oh, read God. out. You know, interested and in the I'm more, I'm more had, nerdier than you. And okay. It had the amulet of Mara on it. No, I am nerdy as fuck. <laughs> That's in that funny. Regards. Just I know Warhammer 40k might be up more your alley. Anyway, so <clears throat> damn, two part Dune episode. I'm gonna edit them together. Actually, we did it quicker than I thought we were. We just conquered a three uh, hour movie in about. An hour and a half. That's pretty good. Fantastic. You know, I did number three, number two. Uh, number one game of all time is uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So there's that. There. Well, that is that is a very Skyrim-esque game. Hands but I, I will, love it. But I will say, if you want to play... Oh, did you know that actually um, Dune created a uh, battle game that you can, it was only on Sega Genesis and it's really, you could find it on emulator, but it was what originally became Starcraft. I love Starcraft. I fucking love you. Starcraft. I love Number Starcraft. one, right? Oh yeah. Who is, who is your species? Don't judge. Terrans. Toss. Ready to roll out. I love Terrans. I was always Toss. I said, fuck the Zerg. Yeah, no, the Zerg, yeah, they're kind of gross. And well, Toss I like because, because Toss were kind of like psychic versions of Predator. And Toro would do an executor. Exactly. Uh, did you Um Yeah, anyway, that's our fucking episode on nerdism on uh, Dune. Now, now, let's put it this way. You haven't seen Dune yet now, the, the old school one. You've seen the new one. Mm -hmm. um, are you going to give it a shot? I have an appreciation for all things 80s. I have appreciation for all things camp. And I have appreciation for all things sci-fi. I'm going to watch this movie. Cool. You have sold me on it. I love it. And I guarantee uh, next time you're on the show, um, we'll do a quick, uh, which one did you like better? Um, Dune didn't, it bombed when this came out because it actually came out exactly the same uh, month or, or season rather as um as uh, uh empire strikes back womp 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 yeah. <laughs> which by the way i hate star wars and i love empire strikes back empire strikes back is fantastic it is i sat through the awfulness that was your review of fucking star wars but no we're actually gonna watch empire and we're actually gonna review it because it's so it much is, better than the original i love empire strikes back and it's a standalone movie uh dune did not do well it it tanked um, it, 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 it tanked so bad and there were so many different edits. They didn't even know what to go for. The movie was pulled, I think within three weeks, it had a super high budget and, um, it, it, it didn't make it. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but anyone can look it up. Uh, the only difference is, is the numbers vary of who you go to. This is one of those movies that everyone will give their part of the story and there's not really a definitive part of the story because it, it jumped around all i'm gonna say is i love dune for a long time it was like it's in my top 10 definitely it moved around it used to be my i used to watch this movie like once a day at least i fucking love this movie 
Um, if you haven't seen it, check it out. If you want to see the new ones, I would recommend you see this before you see the new ones, or at least incongruity, because I don't want you to go, the new ones are so good, nothing can top it. I would say see this and then see the the, the new I'm ones. I'm, I'm definitely not. And also, there was a good sci-fi miniseries called uh, Frank Herbert's Dune. Now, is it great? No. Is it good for a TV series? Oh, my God. It puts Game of Thrones to shame for its time. Now, now, no, but for its time. And they actually did all three books. So, I mean, but the way that Game of Thrones ended, not that hard to Fuck it, dude. <laughs> I know. After season three, I was out. All right. So uh, from all of us in Night Party, I, I, I don't got any. You got anything to plug or anything else? H- uh, H1N1 Zombies on TikTok. And then uh, I'm plugging you. So Cool. Well, yeah. From all of us at Night Party, I'd like to say be kind, rewind, and with that, I think I have to return some videotapes. And remember, long live the fighters! Peace out. Have fun.